When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, Live Nation's Friday edition. Good to have you on board. Woohoo! And away we go. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Matthew. In the building as well, directing the program. You want to find me on Twitter, it's at Jay Cameron Show. Thanks for that. Yeah, uh, right off the bat, let's answer a question. Ryan wants to know, Tallahassee game day this season? You're damn skippy. That is accurate. And the first edition is going to be Sunday, September the 5th at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. You can catch it on Warchant TV as always and right here on these airwaves. Yes, Real Talk 93.3. We already have a sponsor on the books, and that is the group at Zaxby's. Zaxby's will be bringing you Tallahassee Game Day this year, among others. We'll tell you about them all as we get closer to kickoff. Come on board and pay huge sums of money and get part and be part of a celebration. It's a celebration every Saturday. It's a celebration when you listen to Scuttlebucks. It's a celebration when you get to hear the Jeff Cameron Show and Wake Up War Chan and all of the properties that we're associated with. And a bellying up in the near future. We have not forgotten. We have not. Jeff Vegas is on to John Harbaugh. Ravens are laying three on the road. I'm doing a money line parlay of the Ravens and Raiders cash New England last night, caring deeply for that ass. Preston, that is well done out of you, sir. You're paying attention is what you're doing. You're paying attention. It matters. That's all we ask. Pay attention. Good practice today. Less spirited than the one before it, but some great questions and answers afterwards from Mike Norvell that we addressed in the first hour. And a lot of it centered around, again, uh, I think the most uplifting two two items of the day were him noting that he feels confident they'll get to the 85% threshold for vaccination rate before the Notre Dame game. That's huge news and a relief. And then secondarily, I think, uh, talking at length about those freshmen Uh, Got me excited, Uh, and I wanted to further expand on what I was talking about with that. You know, I've had very modest goals for this team this year. Personally, I've kind of looked at this as a as a year one situation, not a you know not a year two. Uh, I feel like this is the first real year that this coaching staff has had with the team, and for them not having their spring last year and having to revamp this lineup and run some kids out of that locker room to to get the culture right means that uh, you, you know you take a step back before you take a step forward. Now, this year will be a step forward. Where the disagreement tends to land for the fans and the overly optimistic group is that they think that step forward might entail seven or eight wins. I think that step forward might entail five wins. 
but still be a step forward. Uh, I think how you play certainly matters. How you look in games in which you lose. Uh, you know, are you able to beat the teams that let's say have equal talent to you? Can you out scheme them, out coach them, out play them? Uh, but there are a lot of games against teams that you are going to be a significant underdog in. Yeah, I think what I can say, having seen between spring camp and, and fall camp, maybe a couple handfuls worth of practices, they get better. They just This team gets better over time, and they don't make a lot of the same mistakes. Now, Mike Norvell addressed it today in, in some of the other audio we didn't play, uh, a question about penalties and, and timeliness of penalties, and he answered that question. So since he did, I, I guess I'm allowed to talk about it. There were a couple of penalties in a key situation late in practice that you would not want to see. Pre-snap stuff that just... If you're trying to convert in a big situation, you don't need nonsense penalties. But outside of that, it's it's a tightly run practice. You don't see a lot of extraneous stuff with players pouting or walking off or having to be consoled. It looks like every time you go out there, it looks like they are improving. And I don't know what that goal is to or what that race is to in terms of the win total like you're talking about. Is it going to mm-hmm. be in the 5 range? Is it going to be in the 7 or 8 range? I don't know. But what I can say from just looking at it with my own eyes way back in the spring to now, you see improvement. And uh, you know what? It sucks that that's novel, but it's the truth. Well, it's important. It didn't, to me, I'm not going to get caught up in how we got here. It's been well documented. We've all got an opinion on that. The mistakes, the missteps, the problems, some of, the, some of it being unlucky, COVID. You know, that, that doesn't do you any good. The bottom line is, is having an honest assessment of where you're at and what can you do to get better. What do you have to do? What are the steps that need to be taken in order for this thing to get turned around? And I'm all in on that. I'm all in on the process. I sound like Jimbo and every other modern coach. I, I really do. I mean, I, I'm here for it. I'm here to document it and talk about it. If there are mistakes made, in our opinion, uh, from the coaching staff or players, we'll call it out. We'll say it for what it is. But I also don't have this pie-in-the-sky notion that just because I'd like this team to be a lot better that they will. Uh, and I'm not saying everybody who's optimistic is that way either. You might be right. I could be wrong. Um, I'm just saying from what I've seen, I feel like they've got a long ways to go to get to be a team that could win eight games or nine games. I, I think this is a really difficult schedule, period. Uh, I think that this team is maybe not equipped to handle this difficulty uh, this this first year. Uh, if you will. Uh, again, if I'm looking at it as a first year in reality for this staff, it, it's a lot to ask. They're going to be underdogs in a lot of games. And so can you handle it? I also think that some of the problems lie in the way that the schedule lays out. Uh, you know, For example, Boston College is a team you'd like to believe you could beat. It's a road game. But that game is sandwiched between Miami and Florida. Uh, that's problematic. It really is. Uh, in, in you know late November on the road in BC for a team that looked pretty good last year, I might add, uh, is problematic. Uh, so I just want to see real evidence every day that things are moving towards a better place. Some of that's on the field, but some of that's off the field. Some of that is in recruiting, and Mike is hitting a home run right now in getting verbal commitments in recruiting. Uh, we've addressed a dire need at at offensive line. Right now you have six yeses. They're probably going to get more than that. Now, maybe not all of those guys come at that point, but you still are throwing numbers at the problem, and those are quality players that have said yes. So that's a good sign that you you recognize weakness, you're recruiting to get over it, and you've gotten yeses. Now, on that same front, 
There's a lot of work to be done at linebacker. I, I think that's an area they're going to be victimized this year. I don't think there's a lot of talent at linebacker. In fact, I don't think. I know there's not a lot of talent at linebacker. And I think that in the modern game, with teams spread you out, they look to isolate your linebackers in coverage. I'm not real sure we have a lot of guys that are any good in coverage. So I worry about that. Um, there's not a depth of talent at that position. So let's see what they do in recruiting there. Because for as well as they've done with the offensive line, I'm not seeing great numbers at linebacker. So that's got to that's got to get turned around. Yeah, you can't suffer any injuries there. And you know, I don't think it should be a surprise that Kalen Deloach has been somebody who's emerged because in the spring on the way out towards the end of camp, he was a name that Adam Fuller was bringing up often. I can remember playing the audio mm-hmm. in that particular comment when we were at the other place of employment. And when you at least in my own eyes, right? We got to couch it these ways with what we see in practice, but it, from what I'm seeing there's a drop-off between the first team and the second team. And the names that, that Mike has brought up recently about those guys who are in the mix, you know, who are getting more reps with the starters at linebacker, uh, you remember the audio from the scrimmage. Well, Lundy has looked Lundy, really good. Yeah. Deloach, Gaynor, and, and Steven Dix are absolutely a part of the fold. Those four are going to be the main guys that you're rotating in and out. But, uh, I mean, I've seen leaps and bounds when it comes to where are you when you're supposed to be somewhere, are you there? Kalen Deloach is where he's supposed to be. DJ Lundy flies to the ball. He gets to the perimeter as fast as anybody that we have, and at that size, that's really encouraging. It's stunning because he's 250-plus pounds. That's shocking. But the question is, and we can talk more about this in the weeks to come when, when we talk about Notre Dame and what they want to do offensively and what Jack Cohn likes to do. Check down. But as they isolate the matchups that they're looking for, all right, got to see it in coverage. Can you do it? backpedaling can you do it at the depth of your drops that you're supposed to get to getting downhill and, and finding a way into the pile i think we've got at least a few guys that we like there and deloach and lundy have been coming on really strong in the last couple of weeks in that regard but it is it, it will be interesting to see week to week if they figure us out and they say the middle of the field is open for business what answer do we have if any answer well the problem sometimes can very well be that you know they're going to do that but you do not have an answer and so now you have to protect yourself through scheme it'll be interesting to see what they do to try to combat it i really think it's a shame that emmett rice isn't ready yet uh he would start and be good uh and reliable he's a guy that knows how to how to diagnose um, and I and I think that's lacking. Yeah, that's yeah. So, calling stuff out is going to be very important for this mm-hmm. group as well. So that that is something you worry a little bit about. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, we we certainly the coaches they've got eyes. They're watching these practices. They they understand uh, every team has areas of weakness, and then you have to scheme towards your strengths and away from weaknesses and cover them up as best you can. Some things are going to get exposed. There's just no way around it. Well, we can. okay, I can go into it a little bit, just watching a lot of Jack Cohn highlights last night. And again, they're, they're <laughs> highlight reels. They're you highlight were, reels. You were bored to tears. No, I was were. not bored to tears. You it's time. bored to tears. No, here's no, what it I'm is. No, I'm saying watching his highlights is oh, boring. Well, okay. He stinks. No, there's a lot of red tape stuff that goes on behind the scenes, especially as we're building this new endeavor that we have and, and we're thrilled to be a part of the War Chant family and right here on these airways yeah. 93.3. There's a lot of stuff like that that goes on. And so I just said to myself, can I can I watch some football? Can I go tune into some football? Let's go get some scouting could done. Could have watched the Patriots making you money. That well, 35 to nothing over not, Philadelphia yes, is what you could have done. It's not football. It's pay window. That, yeah. That's what that is. Uh-huh. So I wanted to see the Notre Dame, I'm Lee Sterling. There's an 11-minute clip on YouTube of Jack Cohn's spring game that you can look <laughs> at. I looked at that. The 2019 season when he led Wisconsin helped lead them to the Rose Bowl. I looked at all that stuff. He doesn't like the middle of the field, sir. 
He does not like to throw it over the middle of the field unless it's a scripted play, first 15, or it's a timing route, like a quick slant. But he loves himself the outside of the numbers, at the numbers or outside. He'll throw the fly. He'll throw the deep outs. He'll throw the comebacks. Again, timing principles. He's an on-schedule quarterback. He does not like the middle of the field. So a very early scouting report on this game would be weakness against weakness. Cone does not like to look between the hash marks. We don't like to defend <laughs> between the hash well, marks. I think we like so to, how, we just don't know how. Well, we would like them to, yeah. but I don't know yeah, that we yeah, like yeah. to. I don't know. That we, and we'll find out if these linebackers that have emerged the last couple of weeks can do it, but that will be one of the key places. When you define, did we succeed against Notre Dame? Hold them to a point total that's reasonable enough that we can win the game. How did we defend the middle of the field, and how did Jack Cohn attack the middle of the field? That's what I'm looking for. Well, I laugh because you took the time to do that, and that's a responsible thing to do, and I'm proud of you for doing that. But watching his highlights gets boring in a hurry. Uh, he is not a dynamic quarterback. Doesn't mean he can't be an efficient quarterback, but he is not a dynamic quarterback. Right. That is for sure, thankfully. You've got to honor the zone read. He's quick enough. He's not quick laterally, but he's got enough straight-ahead speed that you have to honor that. That's one part of his game, but yeah, everything else is about being on schedule. Hey, you know, when we're talking about freshmen and how many of those guys are going to be asked to play, and primarily when we do that, a lot of times we're talking about these receivers, and, and that's because of the outstanding play of Malik McLean and how he's made an impact. But Shaheen Brown is a playmaker on the other side of the ball and a big corner. I think that um, uh, you could see him, or a big safety, excuse me, you could, you could see him... I don't know. He may be an answer somewhere along the way because yeah. that kid's a player. Well, whether it's an answer this year on defense, special teams, whatever it is, I think there's a good chance that they're going to find a way to get him on the field. He might mm -hmm. be among those six that Mike Norvell was talking about. And next Tuesday for headlines, he's one of Ira's guys. So if you bring him up and you need Ira to perk up in a segment and smile. No, I perk up when I watch him. He's a player. <laughs> he's a player, man. The other guy uh, that was observed today, I believe we had footage of it in the first three periods, but uh, Miko Dotson in full pads, that was good to see. Yeah. They Hell, like him. Yeah, well, he's had he was having a good camp then kind of a setback yep. we think i don't know we missed a little time but he's back and doing well so that's good to be in the mix with the defensive backs again we can't talk depth chart but he's in the mix and it's good to see that he's ready to go for full contact yeah but we can see that guys are getting reps and the guys are out there Absolutely. this is this is just you know you talk about player played well today guy didn't play well today my opinion feels like he showed up today whatever that might be and you see him a lot and he's making plays which is exciting i, I don't think there's Anything uh, to be worried about with that. If you're watching us on YouTube TV, thank you. Please do us a favor and remember to hit the thumbs up and subscribe buttons to Warchant TV. Likes on our videos, spread the word to other Knowles and people who just like really good radio. Uh, that's a thing that I would say time and again, make sure you do. It helps us immensely. Hit the bell after subscribing to get notified anytime we go live or offer up more of our great content from Warchant.com. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Woo! 
I love this story, and it's a perfect Libations Friday story, so we will commence with it uh, nearly immediately here. I want to make sure everybody gets this audio. It's too good. Here you go. It's good. (laughs) I saw this headline. I couldn't resist. Over 80 people paid $12,500 apiece to go to Duke, <laughs> Duke's Coach K Academy. Now, as you read this story, it gets better and better. Dozens of people who paid five figures to attend Duke's annual fantasy basketball camp with Coach K were exposed to bacteria that causes Legionnaire's disease. Duke said in a statement Thursday night that 84 people who attended the camp were being being treated for illnesses after being exposed to Legionella bacteria. The school said that the attendees have reported muscle fatigue, nausea, respiratory distress, and other flu-like symptoms. The Coach K Academy is held August 11th through the 15th It's an adult camp (laughs) that these people pay $12,500 to be a part of. It's a five-day affair hosted by legendary Duke's men's basketball coach, Krzyzewski. They go for opening day tryouts, quote-unquote, to Sunday's championship tournament. (laughs) And during the camp, these guys get to play basketball games against one another in the famed Cameron Indoor Stadium in the hopes of advancing to the next round. Hello, losers. <laughs> it's me, your idol, gold medal winning, final four net cutting, Coach K. $12,500 a pop to get Legionella bacteria. There may have been an issue with Legionnaire's disease. If you weren't losers before, you may be now. Duke's infectious disease specialists have worked with the federal, state, and local public health officials to identify the exposure, which likely occurred in a training room in the Schwartz Butters building. All the individuals who were exposed to this bacteria have been identified. You know, Mickey told me, never go to the Schwartz Butters building. She doesn't, it's not clean. The bathrooms are not clean. They have, they've been identified by uh, the Duke physicians. They're working the fantasy camp. Legionnaire's disease is a type of pneumonia, if you must know, uh, caused by the Legionella bacteria. It grows in warm water. Mm. The disease can be treated with antibiotics and isn't contagious. The bacteria does not spread from person to person. So, that means separately. So I don't have it. I, I don't have it. You do. Because you had to go to the Schwartz Butters bathrooms. 84 separate people. I have my own bathroom. Individually <laughs> picked up the Legionella bacteria there at the Schwartz Butters in, uh, in the buildup towards fantasy basketball camp that they paid $12,500 to be a part of. When I use my own bathroom. And, and I go number one, 
my gold medals are on the wall, and I just kind of I jingle them <laughs> while I'm using my own private bathroom, <sighs> not the Schwartz Butters bathroom. I just laugh. I can't stop laughing thinking about these guys cutting a check. Coach K is just netting money left and right for these losers to roll on in there and pretend like they play basketball for Duke. They're in their 40s and 50s. I should have charged you 40 grand. Visions of... Uh, you would have paid it. <laughs> playing with Leitner and Grant Hill. You know, they just picture it in their mind in slow motion. Right. It's day one. He's like, here we go. All right, guys. We're going to find winners today. <laughs> it's time for your tryouts with me, <laughs> Coach K. Oh, there's nowhere to pivot from this. John Shire will be here in just a moment. Man, that's got to suck. You pay that much money and you're just puking the entire time you're at this camp at Duke. Thanks to the Schwartz Butters. <laughs> Mickey told me. She was right again. Oh, that's good. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. DJ, play that song for me. With the one drop beat. Happy Libations Friday, everybody. It's almost time for you to... Enjoy the weekend, and thanks for joining us. I agree with this. This this is going to be good. Um, I have you were you were with me when I did this. I am I am hoping to maybe attend the Florida State Wake game. And I see here on the boards that uh, it's being talked about. Rob brings up the fact that early signing day era means kids' minds are made up by Halloween. The softer first half schedule means a chance to secure a good class if you can get to five and two, maybe four and three, if you look cohesive and organized. And others chimed in to talk about that being the fulcrum game, indeed pivotal. Um, and and I, every time I look at the schedule, every day that we do this thing, and I look at that schedule, I think, man, that's the one. It's it's not Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I'm excited because it's the first, and we're all going to be in that stadium and. You know, it's going to be emotional. Uh, you'll have pregame ceremony and, and the electricity in the air and the salute to Coach Bowden and all that stuff. And it's a big-time, primetime game, so people will be excited. But that's not the one, man. That That's fun. And maybe just maybe we surprise Notre Dame. I do like that if you got to play them, playing them early gives you the best chance to beat them because they have so much uh, roster turnover from a year ago including at a very important position like quarterback. Well, and it's also a very simple question that's asked for a lot of games, and it's a, right, it's a good question to ask, which is, who's the pressure on? The pressure's on Notre Dame. Oh, sure. There's no pressure on us for that game. Week no. three against Wake Forest, there is, there's quite a bit of pressure as to being able to deliver on the promise of the quest for 6-6. Six and six. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, so, like, looking at that game, okay, 7.30 ABC, September the 5th, and skip ahead to the lightly attended Jacksonville State game uh, in week two. At least that's an 8 p.m. kick. You know, people yeah. can tailgate all day, yeah. and then, you know, when it comes to the heat factor, it'll be minimal for the game itself. Yeah. We had a tendency, though, to play a lot of those games around 3.30, 4 o'clock, yeah. so this is much better. All right, then it's Wake on the road in Winston-Salem, and, and the reason that we keep circling that game is if you can win it, you're likely to be 2-1, and one, and you come home for two games that are imminently winnable, uh, Louisville and Syracuse, and all of the sudden, you have the potential to have amassed four wins, and that's important. 
because as documented, once you hit that UNC week in October, there is probably only one more game in which you're going to be favored, and that's against UMass after the bye week. So you got to get to four wins in September. Well, first week of October. Yeah, early October. Yeah, yeah you got to get to four wins there, and then hope like hell you can find two of the remaining games, and here they are. North Carolina, I don't think so. UMass, yes, now we're to five. Can we win one more game and get bowl eligible? The games will be against Clemson, no. NC State at home, maybe. Miami at home, outside shot. Boston College on the road, probably your best opportunity. And then Florida in Gainesville. That is a really, really quite brutal stretch uh, when you think about Clemson, NC State, Miami, BC, Florida. That's a tough stretch for anybody. This is not a particularly deep team, so you wonder how healthy we'll be. It is um, not an explosive team, so you, you know your chance at riding a few big plays, explosive couple 80-yard touchdown type plays to maybe carry the day and pull an upset doesn't seem likely. I mean, I think they're going to have to be somewhat methodical, so that means everything is difficult. Yeah, I don't think there's anybody new that's emerged in, in camp so far that could be considered a, a home run threat. Uh, Toa Feely continues to be a player that when the ball's in his hands and you block it up correctly, who knows? He gets to that second level, maybe he makes a guy miss, and he can pull away. I think the rest of it, you know, Parchment might be that guy on the perimeter, but I think the rest of it, when you're looking for big plays, explosive plays, whatever the metric is, I feel like that changes every year too, between like 16 or more yards or 18 or more yards, but whatever your metric is, I think it has to be generated by the offense. The jab, jab, jab of screen passes and flares and dive and all that stuff, followed by, screen pass. we caught your eyes in the backfield, here's a seam right over your head. Yeah, I think that's where it's going to have to come from is, is organically through the flow of the offense, but that also is a house of cards because you can't have a penalty to set you back and down no, no, distance no, no, leverage. No, yeah, behind the chains one time and that's the end of your drive, you're punting. Right, MAs, as Kenny Dillingham likes to say a lot, and it drives you crazy, Mr. Simons. Like anytime you have one of those setbacks, that really throws you off. But I think that's where this offense is. There are a couple of guys who can get it for you by themselves, not many, but then it's going to have to be through the game plan that you generate explosive plays. Marshall wants to know, I know you guys have a bunch of stuff going on, just wondering if there were plans for a Scuttlebucks return this year, and yes, there are. There are plans. There are. They're not firm. There needs to be a, a conclusion to those talks, but yeah. Well, let's get on that. I know that. Uh, All right. That, that's, you go ahead. Well, you're the guy. You're the guy with them. You're our point man with them. I'm everybody's point man right now. You are. But that particular assignment could see you receive money. That's correct. Right? So it's, it's worth our time. But it tells you, like, you know, it's like the Coach K, right? 12 5. You're going to commit 12 5. <laughs> I'll be there. <laughs> So we've got to make sure that we get the people in, the in line. The commitment is yeah. necessary. The point man will be the point man for the right people, and then we're going to make yeah, sure it all we'll works. We'll go from there. Uh, really want to follow up on this because we talked about it yesterday, and there's already been a question about it today. The alliance will go beyond scheduling and television inventory. Those specifics are scarce for the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 uh, kumbaya. The alliance between the Big Ten, ACC, and Pac-12 to combat SEC expansion could soon, quote-unquote, be announced. Okay. All right, then. So it means it they become a super conference? Like, who's saying that the implications could be more than just a schedule alliance? That, like, 
Because if it's Thamel, then you know what? I might have an extra drink at happy hour today. Uh, it is reported by The Athletic. Okay. So they, they don't suck. They don't. Uh, and this is very, very encouraging. I'm, I'm with you on this. For some reason, this computer is loading uh, very slowly, and I'm growing frustrated because I'm trying to get more. It's, a, it's got you know AOL 3.0. It's no big deal. Nicole Auerbach is reporting from The Athletic that the Big Ten Pac-12 ACC alliance expected to make formal announcements about their alignment soon, perhaps as early as next week, according to multiple sources. It's not yet clear how specific the announcement will be because there are so many details in which to iron out, although administrators in all three leagues have stressed in recent conversations that issues of governance can and should be front and center. Schools within the three conferences believe they are like-minded in their approach, that they want to continue to prioritize broad-based sports offerings, and that the academic profile of their institutions do matter, as does graduating athletes. For example, Big Ten schools sponsor an average of 24.8 sports per campus, with the ACC at 23.8 and the Pac-12 at 22.9, not far behind. SEC schools only average 19. So this is a chance for us to not only align with other Power Five conferences to become relevant and demand more money. It's also a chance to those is at the mouth breathers in the SEC, and it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, if we can do that while getting an equal share, then I'm Correct. all on board. But oh, if it's yeah. we can thumb our noses about our graduation rates, and the Big Ten still makes the no, percentage no, no, that no, it no, does, no, no, the no. Pac-12 this does. This is not meant to just uh, to, to to be snooty. We have to make the money. Once you yeah. make the money, then you can also be snooty. Yeah, I don't care yeah. about any of that other stuff. Oh, I, I do. The first priority. Well, sorry. <laughs> the first priority is how much is our take home. Can we not be broke 10 years from now, especially relative to our competition in this state two hours to the east and south of us? Can we not be broke compared to Florida? Because if the answer is yes to that, then absolutely I care about graduation rates and all that stuff right after it. But you got to give me the first one. We all know this has to be about the money. It starts there. They're not having this conversation so that they can hug and talk about academics. I mean, they're not. Forgive there's, me. There's no way that they decided, hey, let's have a big meeting over coffee and talk about a history class that I rather enjoy. I'm a believer on the surface in, in Jim Phillips, but I'm going to be jaded Jim because of the meek, the meek nature of this conference in yes. being able to consummate deals, negotiate deals. They, they can't close. They cannot close. They cannot close. She has all but said, take me home, and they will not leave the institution, the bar, or the place. Let's go. Let's see what else they have on the menu. Anything else we want to eat here? How about another salad? No, no, it's time to go. There is hope within all three leagues that their commissioners will align to delay the implementation of an expanded college football playoff as well. Athletic directors in all three leagues have expressed concerns over the composition of the four-member working group that proposed the 12-team format treated it as an inevitability without hearing from any representation of the ACC, the now soon-to-be-defunct Big 12, the Pac-12, and the Big 10. One motivating factor for at least two of the conferences involved in these discussions is ESPN. If ESPN has exclusive rights to the 16-team SEC and also has the expanded playoff because it negotiates during its exclusive window pre-2026, the network then owns the sport. This is a cause for concern, dude. Quote, unquote? No, I added that. That would be amazing. 
This is our concern, dude. So that's our leverage in the ACC. Mm-hmm. It's that we give them numbers for votes, right, in the grand straw poll that is the future of college football. But then also it's the fear of the SEC that gives the ACC the leverage it needs. Because that's been the question. How do we get the money? You can't get it from ESPN just by saying, oh, West Virginia and Notre Dame are coming and joining our league. That's not going to do it. But the leverage for this particular yes. alliance is fear. Fear of the SEC. Well, they go get some damn money. That's what it is. And they to wanna... renegotiate the deal. And the proxy. That's correct. They want our votes. Yes, this is an uncertain time in college sports. No one has a crystal ball to predict how this will turn out. But just as the SEC bolstered its standing with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, the other conferences now realize there can be strength in numbers with the right bedfellows. So you contact others who care about money. They can say publicly, well, the academics matter too. So we're going to be the big pack conference. Man, I want this to work for a lot of reasons, primarily that Florida State then doesn't get left out from eating from the money trough, but also, man, anything that involves some sort of rotation where we're flying our ass out to California to take on Southern Cal one year and another year going up to Columbus to take on Ohio State and having those kinds of teams come here, yes, please, let's go. Yeah, if you make that super conference happen for football and and basketball, the sports that will bring some money in, and then for the rest of the sports, you stick to your original conference regionality for your your sports. So let's say uh, indoor volleyball. Yeah, but let's sprinkle in a baseball matchup at Stanford in the Sunken Diamond. Sure, maybe Boom, get, I'm ready. Let's you go. You get like a trip a year to somewhere else. Yeah, pick one. We're going to go to Cal Berkeley. Sounds good. Ooh. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. I've so, been to that little stadium. Sounds like a good scheduling job it's right cute. there. I picked it right off the bat. I got us. We're going to Cal. I have not forgotten what Mike Martin Jr. said last year when you're in your preseason interview. Which yeah, was, he wants the LSU game to be a reality in Pensacola. And the Biloxi trip to play Ole Miss. Come on. Come on. Where is that Off announcement? to Biloxi. I saw basketball announced yesterday. FSU basketball did their non-conference slate of games. Where is the baseball announcement about Biloxi? Please. If we go cover that game, that's, that's dangerous. We may not return. Biloxi can get... Because of all the winning? Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, all the winning. And the no sleeping. The staying up and winning and celebrating college baseball at its finest. The Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. All right, let's do uh, some MLB probables, shouldn't we? We have to. I can eventually get these things to pull up. I don't know what goes on these days with uh, Probibles. They've changed everything about it um, and from what I used to use. I don't know if that doesn't concern you. I'm just complaining out loud. That's all I'm doing. But it's brought to you by our friends at North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll and HR services, including full online applicant onboarding, and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthFordaPayroll.com. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? Game already underway between the Royals and the Cubs. Brad Keller, Zach Davies. Later tonight, Twins, Yankees, Charlie Barnes. I remember Charlie Barnes. Nestor Cortez Jr. Braves, Orioles, Max Freed, Keegan Aiken. 
By the way, Keegan Aiken, perfectly aptly named Aiken. Oh my Aiken ass. Owen oh, What? You never heard that phrase? No. Oh my Aiken ass? No. Oh yeah. Keegan Aiken, aptly named because Oh my Aiken ass is Owen seven with an eight one three. Ooh. They're still trotting him out there. Oh my. Tigers, Blue Jays, Tyler Alexander, Robbie Ray. Hey! Robbie Ray! I'm still chuckling, picturing Tom wrapping his head around, oh my, aching ass the phrase. You've never heard that phrase. No. A radio show is an interesting time for the first one. Yeah. It's not what you think it is. Well, I, mean, I know you what know, you're thinking, but what it's else not, did I have to go on? It's not what you're thinking. I knew that's why you. Were, that's why uh, I chuckled. What is he doing? <laughs> Angels, Indians, Jaime Barea, and TBD. Rangers, Red Sox, Dane Dunning, and Chris Sale. Hey now. White Sox Rays, Lucas Giolito and Michael Waka. Marlins Reds, Elsier Hernandez. Great name. Sonny Gray. Mariners Astros. You know it's Libations Friday when we get the gift from the baseball gods. You sick coochie. Lance McCullers goes for the Astros. Nationals Brewers, TBD and Brett Anderson. Anderson. The Pirates who never win are at Bush Stadium, a place they never win at. Oh my aching ass. Mitch <laughs> Keller, three and ten with a six eight six. That's the uh Mitch Keller that was counted upon to be the next great young arm in the Pirates rotation. Three and ten with a six eight six. Hmm. That'll hurt your feelings. Miles Mikolas goes for the Cardinals. Mikolas. There it is. Yes. Dodgers, Rockies, Tyler Gilbert, Austin Gomber. Giants, A's, Alex Wood, James Krapilian. Mets, Dodgers. What happened last night? Ah, the bullpen game for the Dodgers. We scored one run and lost. Oh, boy. Carlos Carrasco going to start for you tonight. Got off to a good start. 0-1 with a 10-3-2. <laughs> Thanks for the 10-3-2. Walker Bueller. Trapper Keeper. Phillies, Padres, Matt Moore, Blake Snell. And that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. Just ask Matthew. Matt Moore is still pitching in still, the bigs? Still pitching, yeah. What? And he's going to start at quarterback later on next week. That's right. Well, now that's good. That's your guy. That's my guy. That is your guy. Yep. Him and Colt McCoy, sorry ass. He's the Mike McMahon of his time. Uh, all right. We did well today, guys. Appreciate you. Cat 5 maintained at Snuggy Hill. For those of us on the road against Wake Forest, I probably will find, my say, uh, find myself saying those those exact things. Okay, so you would issue that? I think, maybe. I, right. It's a big day. It's a big day. And if we're all gathering on Snuggy Hill and there are no professional requirements other than to cheer on the Knowles mm. and what comes down to the wire, it could be. But you're not declaring it in this moment? No, right? no, you don't have to hit the horn. All you don't right, have to hit the right. siren. 
not yet. The Cat 5 siren is also doubled for the uh, the Super Chat as well, in case somebody really oh, brings the noise. Somebody brings it crazily. Yeah, somebody yeah. on a Friday is like, I'm going to give $100. <laughs> I was dangling for today. I'm just, I'm just saying, well, there's a little time left in the show. If somebody <laughs> did that, you would have to hit the thing. I'm not saying they will, oh, but no. you would have to. Shameless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I what mean, have we done? It helps all the hardworking people behind the scenes. So you know you gotta you gotta you gotta help our guys. A lot of guys out there working on our behalf. It's for them. Sunday night, New York and Cleveland, San Francisco, and the Chargers. We get a chance in that first quarter on Sunday night football to be able to watch um, Justin Herbert, who's mm-hmm. really freaking good. You realize how many good young quarterbacks? What, oh, yeah. what a time, man. What a time. I mean, a lot of really good young quarterbacks. Yeah, it's fun because when we were, you know, five, six years ago saying, will they ever retire? Will these guys ever go away? Brady, Manning, Breeze, right. Big Ben, Philip mm-hmm. Rivers. is like these guys, and Eli to a degree, right? Because every once in a while he'd show up and he'd say, these same characters. It's just nobody knew. Aaron Rodgers, of course. And finally, the handoff is happening. Mahomes, Justin Herbert, we'll see what this rookie class well, does. Yeah, what Trevor Lawrence does, obviously. Yep. Justin Fields in Chicago for the first yep. time in a long time. They have a reason to be excited with the Bears. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's an interesting time because, who knows, does Mac Jones win the job in New England, for example? Uh, he could yep. very well be a guy. You got just, you got Joe Burrow in Cincinnati who looked good before he got hurt a year ago. He declared himself back to complete normal. He's at full speed. Yeah, Josh Allen in Buffalo, by the way. Yep. Uh, yep. You can go on for days here. I mean, we'll see if two is any good and belongs in this conversation, but, of course, he's going to start for Miami. So a lot of guys... Lamar Jackson has been an MVP already in his young career. He's he's up and down, but he's been an MVP. He's been an MVP, yeah. Yeah. And then you've got us with the elder statesmen, the reigning Super Bowl champions, and probably two-time Super Bowl champions when the season's over. I don't know about all that, but yeah. And then he's going to retire, and Aaron Rodgers is going to come down to Tampa, and we just keep <laughs> on rolling. Y'all can have the young quarterbacks. We'll be the retirement community, the Super Bowl-winning retirement community. Old prima donna Aaron Rodgers, but I'd take it. In a heartbeat. Oh, me too. Well, I mean, the hand talent is something to behold, and man. And we sing his tune anyway. You have a lot of control in Tampa Bay. So when TB12 require, uh, retires and the alkalinity is at an all-time high, eight rings, then it's AR12. Eight rings if he gets it. Seven already is absurd. I do wonder, post he loves Tampa. I would have never guessed that. Or at least he says that. I think he tolerates Tampa. Oh, well, I'm I think talking about okay. yeah, the surrounding areas, yeah. the, the road hard, put up wet, uh, the pedestrians who are run over on the regular at an alarming rate. Yeah. US-19. Oh, uh, my yep. God. People love to run over people in Tampa. It's like a, it's like a, a, a game, Death it, Race 2000. It was an odd point of pride, too, when I was a kid. Running over people in no, Tampa? No, 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 That My dad would brag about, like, of the most, of the five most dangerous intersections in the country, according to damages and, you know, uh, Pedestrian incidents. Yeah, pedestrian incidents. He's like, U.S. 19 and 580, U.S. 19 Gulf to Bay, U.S. 19 Sunset Point. Oh, it's always. We got three of them. We got three of them. Like, is that a good thing? Yeah, you US... we have to use that intersection every day. Well, and then here you were walking down the road in Tampa when you watched a guy in broad daylight run off the road and hit a statue and nearly yeah. die, and people had to go over to him and say, hey, man, you need to roll because... I had to do it to cost me with a laptop bag, too, way back when, when I was a, <laughs> at the AM dial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's some incidents downtown, man. Oh my goodness! But that's Hillsboro. I grew up in Pinellas. See, both counties are just a mess. And then you throw in Pasco. Pinellas County doesn't have the kind of 
hooliganism you're talking about. Not like that. You can walk downtown St. Pete. Now, when I was a kid, you downtown St. Pete had problems, but you now Largo and the beach. Well, Largo, Largo and the beach, man. Lar- well, Largo is famous, sure. The beach people, the fine folks of Largo, are lacking. Yes, that's a that's a trouble area. It can get a little rough around Tarpon Springs too, because now you're getting into Newport <laughs> Ritchie, which is Pasco. Newport Ritchie. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> right. We did. I know it's the it's end of the show. Spot. It's Lucy Goosey at the end. I have to tell you, one of my favorite moments in radio history is us talking to Lady, Lady Kemper. Kemper during <laughs> the Scuttlebucks, in which he just straight up starts naming counties in Tampa, and we're all Carrollwood. <laughs> He's just ripping the people. Lutes, Lutes. And we're like, yes. <laughs> There's one that's I, I can't think of it oh, off the top he of my named, head. He named everyone, and every yeah, time he did yeah. it, you and I had that like a visceral reaction because yep. we've we've driven mm-hmm. through and thought to ourselves, "Well, this is not where we want to stop, guys." Brandon uh, <laughs> Temple Terrace. <laughs> <laughs> he's just insulting the people that he's begging to subscribe to his website. Is my favorite part over and over again. Oh my goodness. All right, so we do get to play the music for the fine folks that are listening on the radio. For you on Warchant TV, thanks. Be good. Love you. Uh, good work out of you, Matthew. Good work, Tom. Thanks to all of you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. Be good to one another. We will talk to you on Monday. Can't wait. Be good.